0: Welcome to Words of Inspiration with Reverend James T. Brown, Jr., the lead pastor of Tabernacle of Worship. Let's join today's message in progress. Today, I want you to know, we're starting a brand new series. We're starting a brand new series and it's titled, What Should I Say? What should I say? You know, we just completed Time to Amplify. And if we're going to be amplified, then we need to have something to say. There's something that he's placed in our heart. There's a burden. There's a yearning. There's ideas and things that he's, he's placed in us. And we're trying to figure out ways to get it out. But then we need to know what we should say. What we should say. And sometimes even how to say it. I tell you, I'm excited about this series because we're going to dig deep. And today we're starting in an area that is very interesting. I want you to open your Bible with me to the book of Job. The book of Job, chapter 16. The book of Job, right before Psalms, there's Job. And then we're looking at chapter 16. And we're beginning at verse number 1. Job 16, beginning at verse 1. And here the Word of God reads... It says then Job answered and said I have heard many things many such things miserable comforters are ye all shall vain words have an end or what emboldeneth thee that thou answerest i also could speak as ye do if your soul were in my were in my soul's stead I could heap up words against you and shake mine head at you, but I would strengthen you with my mouth and the moving of my lips should assuage your grief. We're going to speak today from the subject, great debaters, great debaters. This may remind some of you of that great Denzel Washington movie some years ago. I believe it was called The Great Debaters. And um, it, it, it just sort of, when you think about that movie and how they they grew in the ability to, to debate, to make an argument and to defend the argument and things of that nature, it brings you to mind of the beginning part, especially of the book of Job. It's very interesting. Here in this chapter... It it finds us in the midst of one of the most engaging discussions that Job was having with one of his friends following his great losses of loved ones, wealth, and even his health. Even his health. One of Job's three friends, Eliphaz, had just continued to continued the process of debating and rebuking Job when he was in desperate need of relief. Here it was, Eliphaz, uh, Bildad, and Zophar. These were the three friends of Job who came to him at his hour of need. (laughs) And they came and they shared some things and everything that Job was saying when he was crying out, they wanted to debate it and to tell him all the reasons why he was wrong, all the reasons why he shouldn't have done it. It had to be something that you did because God did something to you. You did something to deserve this. So all of these things are what they were saying to him. And this is where Job had just finished listening to Eliphaz's second um, second, uh, dissertation. (laughs) So he had something to say. Look back with me at verse number one. Then Job answered and said, "I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. Shall vain words have an end? Or what emboldeneth thee that thou answerest?" In other, in other words, he's saying, "Why? How can you be so bold as to say this stuff right to my face?" <laughs> here it is. Job is looking. He's like, "Man, uh, do, do y'all even understand what's going on here?" Job wanted Eliphaz to know that he was simply repeating himself and not offering anything new. He's like, you're not saying nothing different. You're just coming with the same argument and you're arguing with me. I'm the one sitting here with boils. I'm the one sitting here going through all this. And this is how you're coming at me. This is what Job was saying. Each of his statements, Eliphaz, didn't have anything of value and was not useful to Job. Job felt as if he he wasn't listening to him and only looking to attack him with his assumptions and demeaning sayings. Here, Job has experienced the greatest loss in his life. He lost his children. He lost his finances, servants that he had been given and all of whom he had done a good job in taking care of, by the way. He wasn't slacking his responsibilities. But he went through all of these things and experienced this loss. And here, after he experienced these loss, and Eliphaz here is attempting and attempting to stand up for God now, and attempting to stand up for God, completely degraded Job. So he felt everything was so bad. He felt that, listen, listen, Oh, understand. God is is, is the one who should be lifted up. You are obviously the one who's in error in all of these things. But I want you to note something. I want you to understand something. When God has sent you on assignment, he expects you to minister to the one who is broken, not crush them even further because you're offended by what they're saying. That's not why he sent you there. Why do you think you're there? Why do you think he allowed you to be in their presence, knowing what their situation and their condition is? He has you there for a reason. I need somebody to type in chat, speak life. You need to speak life to those that are broken, life to those that are hurting. Speak life to them. Listen, they're already laying down. To sit there and try to blame them for everything that they're going through is not the right tactic. It's not the right approach. It's not what God would have you to do. You are, listen, listen, you are a, a, a Christian, a called out one. You are one who is on assignment. Everyone, everyone has been given a ministry of reconciliation. So therefore, when you're there, you're not there simply to express your emotion and how you feel. You are there so that God can use you to minister to them. That's why he has you there. That's why. Listen, do not look to debate with those who are broken and hurting. Let me say that again. Do not look To debate with those that are broken or who are broken and hurting. Don't do that. That's not why you're there. That's not your assignment at that season, at that time. Listen, people who are hurting need to be given grace to share what is in their heart and mind. They need to be given that grace. Do not rebuke them in their fragile moment. Don't rebuke them. At that point, you're breaking them further. You're driving them away from God. Listen, this is why there are several people, many people in this season, in this time, who have run away from the church. They've run away because we get into this place where we spend time rebuking those that need to be ministered to. Rebuking those that are hurting, rebuking those that need to feel the love of God. Listen, there's a saying that says people who, who need love the most or people who deserve love the least need it the most. It's not that they are in perfect standing. It's not that they're saying all the right things. It's not that everything is perfect about them. But if they can see you, love them like God loves them. If they can feel his presence through you, then that can bring them to a place of healing And they can embrace the church, the the, the bride of Christ, instead of rejecting. you got to be mindful of that. We as believers have to be mindful of this. We have to be mindful of this. Be careful about being super spiritual with those who need comforting. Be careful about that. You don't need to be super spiritual at that time. Listen, sometimes your shoulder to catch their tears is more valuable than a dissertation on the delivering power of God. Do you hear me? Simply being able to be there and allow the, the to be a shoulder to cry on, to be somewhere of uh, someone who they, they that they can talk to, that they can trust that they can go ahead and pour their hearts out to knowing that they're much mat- that you're mature enough not to share it with anybody and certainly not to rebuke them or reject them. This is what needs what we have to keep in mind, what we have to keep in mind. It's not the time to start going and giving them a dissertation on God's deliverance. It's not time to go through all of the, the epistles and show what Paul taught regarding deliverance. <laughs> That's that's not the time to do that. It's time to be able to show the love of God, to show the love of God. If you believe that they are going down a path that they shouldn't, then in love, speak life to them in love, speak life to them. You don't let them go down. Don't rebuke them. Don't let them keep going down that road. Help them. Help them speak life to them and don't don't try to try to uh, win every every don't try to win the game at that moment. Sometimes you may just need to win the quarter. You may need to win the down or the play, but tr- go, go just a little bit seeing where they are. Be patient, be patient and show the love of God. Show the love of God and watch them turn. Watch them turn. Listen, Galatians 6 and 1 says this. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. (laughs) Paul is saying, listen. When when, when when you are the one who's, who who if you're, you're spiritual, right, and you see your brother is overtaken in this fall or your sister overtaken in this fall, you see that they're going through this thing. Look, restore them, restore them, restore such a one. And part of the reason why you do that. Look at how Paul ends this thing. He said, do it in the spirit of meekness. Why? Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Because you could be in the same thing. He said, look, look, you need to be compassionate. Say, oh, God, listen, (laughs) no, no, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Listen, God still loves you. God hasn't forgotten about you. I know how you're feeling, but God is still there. Go ahead, minister to them and let them hear the compassion come through your voice. Because if you look at it, imagine yourself on the other side of that table. (laughs) This is what the apostle is saying. This is what we, we've got to be, be mindful of. Listen, don't preach at them or point uh, your finger at them. Don't preach at them or point your finger at them. Instead, strive to bring restoration to those who are broken. I need somebody to type in chat, restore them. Restore them. Restore them who are broken. Restore them who are hurting. Restore. Restore. Restore them. Type it in chat. Restore them. Restore them. Listen, if there's somebody in your home or wherever you are with you, tell, look at them in their eyeball. Say, restore them restore them remember remember we all have been given a ministry of reconciliation you've got to restore them you got to restore them listen if you are truly spiritual and being led by the spirit of god you will not want to break them any further you don't want to break them any further you will speak with a compassionate heart and try to bring healing to them and try to bring healing to them You'll meet them where they are. You'll meet them where they are. Not try to pull them up to where you are or to another place. No, you'll meet them where they are and you'll minister compassion to them with a compassionate heart rather to bring healing to them, to bring healing to them. The way we can always remain in the compassionate and meek spirit is to remember that we too could have been tempted or challenged just as our brother or sister. That's how we can stay in the right frame of mind and we can minister in the right way. And this brings us actually to a vital assignment that is found in verse 2 of the very same chapter, chapter 6 in Galatians. Galatians six and two says this bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Our Lord Jesus expects us to walk with those who are carrying a heavy burden Let me say that again. Jesus expects us, expects you, expects me to walk with those who are carrying a heavy burden. And can I pause just a moment? I want to simply let you know that the book of Galatians, the, 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 the letter that Paul wrote here, he didn't write that to pastors, he didn't write it to bishops. He wrote it to the church at Galatia, which means he wrote it to all the members of the church. This is a responsibility of Christians, not just elders, not just deacons, <laughs> not just ministers, to everyone. Everyone who is a Christian, a called out one, a part of the ecclesia, a part of the church, this is your responsibility. This is our responsibility. It is shared that we have to bear one another's burdens. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for our regularly scheduled services at Tabernacle of Worship. You will also be able to get this entire message. Please feel free to visit our website at wwwtabo That's wwwtabo for more information.